Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm your host, Tish. Journey with me as I talk to everyday people about how Christ changed their life. Welcome back to another episode of Trust the Journey. Today I have a very, very special guest. Go ahead, Liz. Introduce yourself. My name is Liz. I am recently moved here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And yes, I am a Steelers fan. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And I've been in Arizona since October 2015. Well, welcome. I want to thank you so much for being here. I do have a question for you. Tell me, who is it in the Bible that you identify with the most? I do have two. The first one is Elizabeth. For one, because I'm barren. I've always wanted children and couldn't have any. And for two, um, the woman with the issue of blood. That's who I associate myself with. Thank you so much for sharing that. You okay? (laughs) I am really excited to hear your testimony. Well, let me see. I'm going to start with Elizabeth, which is my given name. Elizabeth. Years ago, I was I was married when I was 22, and my husband, during our marriage, he had an affair, and the young lady he was with got pregnant. Um, when the baby was born, she named it after him. It was just so hard for me, and I just couldn't take it, so I ended up leaving. As we grow up, you know, when you're young and dumb, just don't know some things, I used to do drugs. I did a lot. I did everything. In the process of using the needle, I ended up with hep C. That's where I am with the issue of blood. I went to a church service one Sunday, and this young lady, she was 18 years old, dynamic speaker, and I went up for prayer, and she she told me, she said, you came here because you have an issue with your blood. At that point, I was done. I was weak because nobody knew that. But she, I guess God showed it to her. And so it was um, a little deep. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I associated myself with after that, the woman with the issue of blood. Um, so I went to the doctor. I had to go through this whole treatment thing. I had to give myself injections 48 weeks in the stomach. I shot myself with the needle, you know, went through a whole bunch of stuff. My white blood cells were high or low, and it was just a lot. And um, so after I went through the treatment for those 48 weeks, I went back for my checkup. They didn't see any of the hep C in my blood or in my body. So I thank God for that. But just recently it came back. So, you know, I'm dealing with that right now. But basically, uh, God has truly brought me through a lot. I remarried in 2002 to a wonderful man. We were together. We dated for like almost three years before we got married. And he was certainly my Prince Charming. I have never felt the love that he had for me or I have for him. And then he recently passed with cancer. But the good thing about, and and I can't say it's a good thing, but it it is a good thing because he is with our Lord, which is a good thing. He was saved. He wasn't saved when we started out. He did accept Christ in his life. And before he left, he was telling everybody, you need to find Christ. 
open up your heart and let God in. And my husband left out of here with Christ, hand in hand. Sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel. Now, through those difficult times with Hep C, I want to talk about what were the lies that the enemy tried to tell you? That I would never be good enough. And when I was doing all of those things, you know, I was with the enemy then. I wasn't thinking about my life when Christ, because I I was saved when I was 12. Mm -hmm. Um, I accepted Christ then. After my mother died, when I I was 14, I gave up on Christ. I just felt like I was lost. I just didn't feel like he was there. And so I still went to church, but it wasn't the same anymore. Got hooked up with this guy who was a drug dealer. I went through the abuse, and, and this was before I was 22. I think I was only 19. And um, But the, the, the enemy was telling me I was never going to be good enough. I wasn't good enough. I was going to be just like I was, a dope addict, somebody who didn't have anything. You knew that was a lot in that moment or were you just living in the moment it took me a minute to realize that it was the enemy you know I was accepting everything that was coming even the guy that I was with when I was 19 he really he wanted me to prostitute and everything you know and it was uh it just wasn't that's not a road that you were going to go down so when did you decide to pick up the weapon and what was that weapon prayer after I finally left him You know, I just prayed and I asked God to help me to get out of that situation and to go figure out what I was supposed to be doing. But it took me a long time. I I didn't go back to church for a long, long time. Um, And then when I left my husband, the first one, I left with this guy who was supposed to be just getting me away. Uh, We ended up started dating or whatever. Then the abuse started with him as well. And um, I just prayed and I prayed and I asked God if he would just get me to my sister in Pittsburgh, that everything would be all right. And I got on welfare because I didn't have any kids. I had to get general relief. They gave me a check for $50 and some food stamps. I gave him the food stamps. I got a one-way ticket to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and i that's where I went. And you never looked back. And I never looked back. So you met your second husband in Pittsburgh. Uh, in Pittsburgh. When you met your second husband... Share with me a little bit about that. Where were you at in your life at that time when you met your second husband? Um, Well, I was back in church at that time, and and church was good. My husband wasn't in church. Uh, He was a drinker and a partier. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, when I met him, I did the same thing. We partied all the time. But then God finally called me back. I went back, and I started going to church because I had stopped for like two years. Mm -hmm. One Sunday morning... I got up to go to the grocery store to get dinner for that day. And it was like the Lord was saying, you are going to go to church today. I said, okay, I'm going to go to church. And then I went to the store, and I came back, and I was like, I ain't going to church. I put the stuff in the house, and I turned around and went and got right back in the car. And I was just like, as I was driving, I said, now, where am I going to go? Let me see. Do I want to go to this church? Do I want to go to that? No, I don't want to go there. I just knew I was going to church. I was just driving. I was looking for one church, and I turned down this street, and I just happened to look up, and I saw a cross on the building. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll see what they got in there. And so I pulled over and I sat there for a minute and I got out and I went in and I sat down in the vestibule, in the foyer and um, they were having Sunday school. So I just sat there. It was like everything that they were saying 
pertain to me. The pastor's wife, the first lady, she was she was teaching, and she said, "Do you know how when you're looking for a landmark, and you know you can tell somebody where to go, you can't give them directions, but you can tell them about the landmark." And then she says, "You know when God gives you gifts, and if you don't use it, you'll lose it." And so at that point, I just got up and walked out the church. And as I was walking out, the pastor was sitting in the parking lot. He said, "Wait, Miss, where are you going? Where are you going?" And I said, "Well, I said I'm gonna wait until Sunday school is over." You know, I said, and then I'll just come back. He said, no. He said, he said, um, my name is Pastor Brazil. And he said, and what's your name? So I, we introduced ourselves. And so we were just standing there talking. And I told him I was looking for a church home. And um, I said, because I wasn't going to church right now. I said, but I'm looking for a church home. And he said, oh, okay. And then he got this look on his face. And he looked at me and he said, so he said, you're an administrator. He said, you, you do a lot of administrative stuff. And I am an administrative mm-hmm. assistant. And um, so he said, you and your husband are going to do great things in this church. At that point, my husband wasn't even in church. So um, I, he said, come on in, have a seat. He said, go on in the Bible and Sunday school. He said, it's going to be okay. And so I went inside and I sat there and listened to everything. It was really nice. And everybody was very friendly. And it was a very small church, which was good for me. And so I started going every Sunday. And my husband's testimony was the reason why he started coming to church because he wanted to know who that man was that I was talking about all the time. <laughs> that was his story. He said, I need to go down here and see who this Pastor Brazil is. You got know, my wife's got attention. Got my wife's attention. But it wasn't the pastor. It was <laughs> right. Jesus that had your attention. Exactly. And so um, that was his testimony. He said, if it wasn't for my wife, I know I would not be saved today. You know, that's when we I started going every Sunday and probably about a month or two later, I joined the church mm-hmm. and it was good. I was there for 10 years. You know, I was the church secretary. I was the head usher. I was the pastor's wife's armor bearer. So I did it all. Yeah. Now that did not keep you preoccupied with dealing with what was going on with you. you no, didn't. it was good. Um, I was throwing myself into Christ, okay. you know, Know, and so letting Lord, letting the Lord use me. And so I didn't think about all those other things. I didn't think about everything that I had been through. I, you know, it was just like it was gone. It was gone. I never even thought about that anymore. It was over. Mm-hmm. How do you give God the glory? I pray. I pray a lot. I pray constantly throughout the day. Um, when I have my quiet time with God in the morning, my one-on-one, it's when I'm in the shower. Um, that's when I pour my heart out to God. And I ask questions, and I try to be still to hear from Him. Um, just the other day, I was uh, having my time. I felt the Spirit say, get ready to prepare to read the scripture this afternoon. And I didn't think anything else about it. Um, So we had a leadership meeting. Right before we got started, it was like, get your Bible. And I opened my Kindle, because I had my Bible on there. And uh, right when I was getting ready to go to the Holy Bible, my pastor says, Sister Liz, I want you to read the scripture this afternoon. When I tell you that I was having spasms in my back just because I was so happy that I heard God, and I don't hear him that often, that time I did, and it was just like, I was like, oh my God, 
It was surreal. You were um, surprised. Yeah, yes. it was. It was awesome. When I have my quiet time with the Lord, it is. Um, that's when I on the way to work in the morning. I pray for my sister-in-law every morning. She leaves before I do, so I always ask God to put a hedge of protection around her and all the drivers that's on the road with her, that they will make it safely to their destination if that is God's will. And so when I get in a car to leave, I do the same thing. I pray for myself and everybody who's on the road with me. You know, and I talk to God all the way to work. Like, he's sitting beside me in the car. You know, it's just like I can feel his presence, and I want to be able to have that communication with him without people thinking I'm crazy. (laughs) But, you know, I don't think about that. I just think about I know how good God is to me and how good he's been to me. I think that the common theme that I'm seeing, there seems to be a routine every morning. As soon as their feet hit the floor, it's prayer. It's praying throughout the day. They're giving it to God. So you're saying your routine is to wake up and begin to give him praise by thanking him, asking him, putting that relationship between you and God as priority over everything else. As soon as I open my eyes, I don't even have to wait till my feet hit the floor. I just say, thank you, Jesus, for letting me live to see another day. Give some words of encouragement, maybe some advice. My words and advice would be don't give up on God because he certainly will not give up on you. He has brought me so far, especially for me, not being able to have children. I always wanted to have two. I went through a bout of depression. Um, My sister got pregnant, and I was so sad because I was wondering why her and not me. Um, I ended up having a a hysterectomy when I was like 30. I thought I was pregnant at one time, and which is not a good thing because I wasn't married, but I was so excited. And I went to the doc thing, and he said, um, well, after we had have your examination I want you to see I want to see you in my office so I went and sat down and he looked at me and he said Elizabeth you can't have children and I was like what he said when you came to me you only had one ovary and I took the other one when I tell you I had to take two weeks off work because I couldn't function I was devastated because I just knew I would be able to have children he was telling me that I never would be able to and you know people would say well you might be able to adopt I want to be able to go through the labor pains and to feel everything that women feel when they have children but it wasn't for me and I know God has a purpose and a reason for that. You know, I helped my sister raise her children. She had three daughters and I was like the other mother. Like she would work at night and I worked during the day. So we didn't have to worry about a babysitter because I would be there with the kids. And, you know, it was just like having my own because I had to go through the colds and the flu with, you know, teething. They started walking with me, trained them to the potty, took them off their bottle. So it was like I had my own. So I think God wanted me to experience that part. Anyway. So any other advice or encouragement? When the Lord send you somebody that you know is meant for you, then you should cherish that love. Because my husband and I think when he passed away, we were going to celebrate 11 years of marriage. He was funny. He was awesome. And he always made me laugh. And I used to always say, if you don't do anything else in this marriage, you know you can make
make me laugh. And we had a beautiful relationship. And I'm, I'm going to tell you now, it wasn't perfect. You know, we went through our ups and downs. But when I tell you that he loved me and I loved him, it was something that I know I will pro I can't say that I won't feel that again, but that was awesome. He truly loved me. And he would always say, babe, you really don't know how much I love you. And I was like, yeah, I know. He said, no, I don't think you do. I don't think you know. It was a first for me. Um, the first time I really know that I was truly loved. I mean, I know the Lord loves me, but it was awesome. We had a beautiful marriage. We had our ups and downs. We went through a lot of stuff, but we ended up staying together. Um, we were in the process of separating because uh, I told him he had to go because he had um, a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. And that I was, was devastated. Yeah, okay. He had it from the beginning, and it carried throughout. But um, before he accepted Christ in his life, it had gotten really, really bad. And I had asked him to leave, and I said I couldn't take it anymore. And um, so I was trying to help him find a place. I was calling apartments. And <laughs> but the Lord had a different plan. <laughs> God had a different plan. But he just told me, he said, I'm not going anywhere, so you might as well forget about it. I'll do what you want me to do, whatever it is, but I'm not leaving. And so I'm glad that he didn't because right after that, he got really, really sick. And I keep playing it back in my mind like, God, what if I had put him out and he died? I wouldn't have been able to take it. But I'm grateful that God gave me the opportunity to spend that time with him before he called him home. Yes. I'm grateful for that. You're grateful for that time. Yes. One more thing I would like to share is um, it's not just about being saved. It's about having a relationship with Christ. That's the thing that you need to know. You have to have a relationship. Thank you for listening to Trust the Journey. For show notes, visit us at facebook.com forward slash trustthejourney316. For questions or comments or to inquire about being a guest on the show, email trustthejourney316 at gmail.com. I encourage you to embrace God's calling on your life. Our ministry begins with our testimony. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Until next time, I am Tish Goble signing out. Have a great day.